What's the upside on running back recruit Dylan Jones? Is he the highest upside offensive player in this class for the Badgers? We're going to talk about it coming up on Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, your team every single day. Uh, really excited for this one. We're going to bring Coach Andy Stefanelli in, uh, head coach of Our Lady Good Council High School. That is the high school that Dylan Jones, Badgers' newest uh, running back, come in in the 24 classes from. Coach, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Sure, Ryan. Happy to be here. Hey, I want to start with uh, Dylan Jones. And just from a coaching standpoint, um, what's, what's a, a coach's scouting report on Dylan Jones? Well, he's very explosive. Uh, I think that's pretty evident when you watch film with him. Uh, I think he runs with a deceptive amount of power, given uh, he's he's fairly long as for a running back, but he's not super thick, but he's incredibly strong. And, uh, you know, he almost never gets tackled by the first guy. So his ability to break tackles um, and then accelerate. And, and, and he's a threat to score every time he touches the ball which is rare for a guy that he can run inside, he can run outside uh, with power and speed. So I, I'd say that is the one thing that differentiates him. Um, additionally, uh, he's a phenomenal blocker, uh, mm. which is unusual. I think that'll be <clears throat> what uh, Wisconsin will find, will may separate him from some of the other backs uh, coming in. Because uh, usually from what I gather from talking to college coaches, that's the one area most running backs struggle with at the collegiate level. Um, and he's really good at it. He's got a wrestling background, which I think helps there. <laughs> and so he's a tenacious blocker uh, and understands it, which is the biggest issue a lot of times for backs. They Typically, it's really not something they really want to do, and they haven't spent a lot of time. Uh, working on that part of their game, but he has. So I think that'll help. And then he's also pretty good at coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. So really a complete back. Um, and I think about as college ready as you're going to find for a high school running back. Well, and I want to talk about that for a second, the college ready aspect. You talk about the blocking, the ability to come out of the backfield and catch a pass. Uh, how, the blocking thing is unique because, as you said, a lot of college coaches talk about their players need to get better there. Even, even players who have been in the college system for a couple of years need to get better there. How, how did he pick that up so quickly? Was that something you as a staff worked on with him or did he just have some of that naturally? Well, we have a very, very good running back coach, uh, Eric Alley, on our staff, <clears throat> been with me for years. And uh, so he does a phenomenal job with all of our backs and really does spend a, a great amount of time working on blocking, route running, all those other areas besides just, you know, the jump cuts and the different stuff that all running back coaches work on. So um, I think that's part of it. Um, and then I think it's Dylan in that, as I mentioned, that wrestling background, that aggressive nature, understanding, uh, balancing body control, you know, just from the wrestling piece of it, how to, you know, they, how to, to, to shoot for a leg. And so his, Positioning and blocking is um, comes naturally to him, so I think it's a combination of we emphasize it. Um, we typically, and this year is no different, <clears throat> have a stable of running backs, <clears throat> much more probably like than a, than a college where we'll have two or three. Dylan is our lead guy, but you know he shared the ball last year with two other backs, and all three of our backs were all conference. 
Uh, Dillon was first team, the other two guys were second. But that's pretty hard to do with you know getting getting enough touches. So we would sometimes run with two backs, uh, you know, in, in uh, twenty personnel, and you know they were kind of interchangeable. So whoever wasn't getting the ball became the lead blocker. And mm-hmm. um, so hey, you want to be a running back here, you have to be able to block, or you won't be on the field. So that kind of really puts an emphasis on it for the kids. And hey, it's something that we really want them need them to do. One of the things, and we're going to put up some film here in a sec too, but one of the things I thought was really impressive with Dylan Jones from um, an amateur's standpoint is really natural between the tackles. A lot of high school running backs are such great athletes. Um, they're just going to get to the edge as much as they can and outrun. <clears throat> he seems incredibly natural and instinctive between the tackles. He really is, and that's why you'll see in the film a lot of the the, <clears throat> the plays are going to be inside zone plays and counter plays, which – are kind of our bread and butter. Um, and he's just really, really good at it. Um, and the other piece I think which helps our kids is we play, you know, at the high school level at a very high level in our, our conference here in the Washington area. And then nationally, you know, we, we typically play uh, multiple national teams every year. So our kids are going against more division one level recruiting recruited players which just means that the speed of the game is faster than maybe a typical high school game. So some of the things that you may be able to get away with um, in a normal high school setting, we can't because uh, we're playing against defensive ends that run four or five, you know, and they're six, five. And, um, and so, yeah, getting outside isn't, you know, you're just not the fastest guy on the field, even if you're a star running back here in our league. So, um, so I think it kind of forces us to, uh, you know, work a little bit more on on running the ball inside the t- in, in between the tackles. Uh, I want to ask a little bit about um, obviously great player at this point, but what is he working on? Where where is his next step going to come? Do you think coming into his senior season, high school? Uh, you know, he, he's going to be even more featured more in the offense uh, this year. Uh, we did graduate uh, some guys, so. Uh, Dylan's going to get, you know, leaned on a little bit more. We still have a nice stable, but, um, and I just think it's that um, with the kind of leadership that Dylan has uh, innately, I think he's going to take the added role of being the, you know, not only a captain as a junior, but now a returning captain leader and take it to the next level being his senior year and, and really focused on, you know, the team goals uh, and he'll really help, uh, me as the head coach with, you know, keeping the team focused and, and on point. So I expect him to be as good as he was last year to be even better this year. Talk to me and you hit on it, coach. It, it, it's always ideal when your best players are also your best leaders. Um, what, what is Dylan like as a leader? What is he like in the locker room? What is he like as a culture guy? He's great. Now he's not the most verbal guy. Uh, he's, he's kind of quiet. Um, but he demands the respect of all the players. And I'd say, uh, we had, we had three junior captains last year, but, you know, Dylan, uh, he, he really, really commands the respect of the team. I think it's because, uh, how hard he works, you know, he, I, I used to tease when he was a sophomore, um, and we hadn't really talked to him about this yet. Uh, we do at some point, but we hadn't. And uh, 
you know, we'd be running in practice, whether it's in, in shells or, you know, it wasn't, we don't go live in practice, but um, he would finish every run to the end zone, whether we were on our own 20 or 30, he would finish. And we hadn't told him to do that. And, uh, but it's great because we, you know, we want him to do that. And um, we had a kid that had come in as a transfer and he was like four string and, and was kind of struggling to adapt to the level of play. And uh, he went through a rough period. And then, and later in, in, or in early in the season, he started doing it. And so I, I, I pulled him aside. I said, Hey, um, you weren't finishing runs to the end zone before. Why do you do it now? And he goes, because Dylan does it. That's awesome. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, you're a really smart guy because instead of being down on yourself, he's like, I'm going to emulate the guy. That's the man. And, um, and so that kind of infectious leadership is kind of thing that characterized Dylan. He's just going to do the right thing and guys are going to follow. That is an awesome story. I absolutely love that. Um, we're going to come back with, with Coach Stefanelli, um, put the film up, talk a little bit more about Dylan's game um, and coaching in today's environment. We're going to do that next on Lockdown Badge for the first day. Quick break uh, for our good friends of the show. And and as always, a, a quick thank you to everybody tuning in. But I uh, really do appreciate it. We're going to talk about LinkedIn today, our friends of the show over at LinkedIn. Um, and these days, we've talked about coach could attest to this as well. Every new person coming into your organization is a new hire, and new hires are it's a high stakes wager if you're a small business. You have to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's something I've used a ton personally just to extend, expand, expand my professional network, you know, get new people, and just stay in contact with people who can impact me professionally. LinkedIn is the absolute best place for that. Um, our company uses it to help hire as well and to advertise what we have going on. And you can add your job uh, on your LinkedIn profile, spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools, screening questions, allow you to get the right people in the door. You're not wasting time with people who have no business there and you're not wasting their time or your time. So it's an incredible tool for all small businesses. And it's why small businesses continue to rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockdownCollege. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I do want to say uh, thank you again for everybody tuning in. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, and then let's just keep this conversation going with Coach. Coach, before we put the film up, I did want to ask this question as well. Um, when did you know Dylan was special? When did you know, uh, did, did you first realize this kid might be at a next level? Seventh grade, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he he would come to our camps. We have summer, we call them prospect camps because we're a private Catholic school. So we, you know, we recruit and, um, and actually my, my, my youngest son pulled the clip up just the other day. I'd forgotten about it. And it was in a drill uh, in camp um, where it was a one-on-one -on -one, uh, drill. And, and uh, he did a really nice job in the drill. It was the next year in eighth grade um, when we had a uh, eighth grade all-star team that uh, was put together the area, uh, a couple teams throughout the area, and we played in a tournament. And so Dylan was on our team, and um, we opened up the the, the game uh, and uh, with uh, one of our inside run plays. And uh, you know he hit up in there and he broke to the second next level and went eighty yards and just. I turned to my recruiting coordinator, J.D. Knoll, because he had been all over me. But I think this he's the one. He's the one. And I said, that's the guy right there. Yeah. And when I saw that run and the way he made the cut and the move, and 
accelerated, just like on some of the film you're going to show. It was no different. He was just a little bit smaller back then. Um, that's when I knew I said, did we have a special one. And he wasn't nearly as big then as he is now, of course, but he grew. And what I didn't know was the work ethic and everything else that came along with him. Um, at that, at that time, I had a feeling and uh, cer certainly was, uh, was right on that. He hit that on the, on the mark, you know? So, um, but yeah, it was early on for us. We, uh, we knew pretty early we had a good one. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a hard eval. No. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you this because I'm curious on this. As a, as a private school, you mentioned recruiting, recruiting coordinator, seeing camps. How does that – what kind of role do you have at the high school level with recruiting? Can you, what is that like for a high school coach? Well, we have – so we have recruiting on both, both sides of it. You know, we recruit middle schoolers to come to our school, much like Wisconsin would do with high school players. Um, and you know, we're every kid in, in our area lives in a public school district, so they would all go somewhere else. So that's we kind of embrace it like, hey, that's our job is to encourage kids to look at our school, not just football players. And then, of course, um, for our own purposes, we want to bring in the best football players and athletes we can. Um, so we're doing a lot of the same things at the college. We'll have prospect camps. We go out and, and watch, uh, you know, middle school games on the weekends in season. It's a lot of extra work, uh, constantly being into during the spring when there's combines and things like that, that the middle school, because certainly in our area, the middle school football has gotten to where there's super teams now that travel and go nationally too. And so those, the kids flock to those teams from the area. So then, you know, you got to have relationships with those coaches um, so that, you know, they're encouraging their the kids on their teams to let, take a look at our school along with the other ones. You know, we're all looking for the same type of kids. Um, and then there's the academic piece that we really have to do our due diligence on to make sure that they're a fit academically in our school. So that's kind of what we're doing on the, uh, on the front end. Then on the back end, you know, we're working very closely with all the colleges because we have a lot of high level uh, recruits um, to get our kids placed and help them find the, the, the right fit. Obviously, getting them offers early on in their career and then really working with them and with the college coaches to you know try to help them find the right fit um, in, in, you know for their next step in their lives when they move on to college, whether it's. Division one or division two, II, division three, whatever it may be. Not everybody goes power five, but certainly a, a, a good amount do. And we really try to kind of work them through the process. And I think having gone through the process in eighth grade for these kids and families where they had to choose between us and some of the other uh, area schools kind of helps prepare them a little bit. It's different. Obviously, it's a much larger stage at the college level, but um, they've kind of been through it once already. So they kind of a lot of times we'll hear them say, well, we're looking for a school like Good Counsel, you know, that we chose Good Counsel. And, and when they go on to those visits, I think the resounding response I get from our players and parents is that it felt like home. You know, that school felt right. It felt like we feel here, whether it's the coaching staff or the or the, you know, the, the student body, whatever the case may be, or a combination of, of all of those things. No, I, I think it probably gives you a really unique perspective uh, versus like maybe a, a public, you know, coach, a uh, public high school coach. Um, I, I want to put some film up here, show some clips and just have you kind of talk through what you're doing offensively, how you use Dylan Jones, what kind of makes him special and kind of get the coach's view. Um, throw this on here. Play's already running. Let me start that one at the beginning. 
And we'll just run the clip and then we'll pause it and we can talk through it. Yeah, we're just running our base uh, inside zone here. And you can see his vision, first of all, as the uh, D tackle kind of crosses face on our offensive lineman. He just instinctively knows to get up inside of that. Um, and then we do a pretty nice job sealing off there. And uh, this is kind of what I'm talking about. This safety comes up, takes a little bit of a bad angle there, and that's all Dylan needs, that one cut right there. And this kid's, you know, he's a step behind now, and that's all she wrote. It's it's making that one unblocked person miss. And in this case, he, he made a couple miss, but you, great running backs don't get tackled by the first guy. Yeah, yeah, and, and you see it there. He just – Really good, really smooth. Just a little different look, kind of same play. And we do a pretty nice job blocking that up. So he's got a nice seam there. And now he's, once he's in the open field, uh, and we do a nice job getting the downfield block by a receiver there, and then he can turn it on, that's for sure. Does he have deceptive speed to you? Because it, it almost looks like he's not running that fast, but he doesn't get caught. He outruns angles. Yeah, I think it's um, his ability to accelerate through the hole. I, I think that that's one of the things that um, I think is underrated for running backs. Like you can be a 4-5 guy or 4-4, four, 4-6, four, 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 whatever it may be, but how quickly can you get through the hole? It's not a natural thing to accelerate when you have a bunch of big guys – you know, in your way, try to tackle you. Um, and, and, and that's the gift to me. That's one of the most important aspects of a running back is, you know, can you get up in that hole, find the, 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 the crack and then accelerate through it. Uh, and he can do that. And then has that, that long speed as well to, to take it to distance. This is a counter play here, and he's as good as anybody I've seen running this. Um, does a great job kind of getting behind the lead block there. You see the tackle wrapping, and then he's off for the races. But it's that that's a play that requires patience by the running back uh, to wait, let the block set up. Uh, one of the big mistakes running backs make is they get in too big of a hurry, and they, and they don't let the blockers get onto, their, onto the defenders. Let me ask you this too while we're we're rolling these clips. Uh, for people on that are listening on the podcast, you're not seeing these. These are all coming uh, with him in the backfield and a shotgun, you know, taking that type of handoff, which is the offense that Wisconsin's transitioning to with Phil Longo, some a variation of the air raid, right? Where there's mm -hmm. gonna be a lot of shotgun snaps. Is it an advantage to him to be running already from this type of offense and then going to Wisconsin where it's not gonna be the same, but it's gonna be more similar than if he was running a pro style offense in high school, for example? Yeah, it's, what's interesting is we were probably we transitioned more to the gun uh, last season. We actually are probably more like Wisconsin traditionally. Uh, we are uh, we've we and we still use it. We still go under center. We still use twenty one personnel. Um, that has traditionally been our bread and butter. Um, we now have kind of transitioned last year where we're still really in a, the same set even here, where there's a an H back instead of a traditional fullback. And we're running it out of the gun, but we're running a lot of the same play. So I think 
Yeah, we've tried to, uh, you know, adapt, modernize a little bit um, uh, to kind of where things are going. And I think that'll help our, and part of it was we added in a lot of RPOs and our run pass game uh, just to kind of help with that for our players to be familiar with it, to understand it. So, yeah, I, I do think it will help him. Yeah, here we actually ran. This is an old <clears throat> man blocking scheme play. This is our traditional play. I was mentioning we used to run out of 21 personnel, and we have been running a lot of zone. And this this just kind of we caught the linebacker here thinking we were running that zone play again. He got a little bit out of position. And that again, Dylan just needs a guy to take the uh, false step or you know go the wrong way. And now you can see that those other guys are are caught, you know, getting too deep coming downhill too fast and can't recover. And again, making that safety miss to get the extra, instead of a 10-yard run, that's a 20-yard run and a touchdown. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, this is a game out in Ohio we played. Um, oh, Ironton. Yeah, we were playing uh, uh, Moeller, but we were playing at Ironton High School. Um I think here you see that the patience and the, and the vision where it's kind of cloudy uh, in terms of the hole. Uh, he just kind of sits and waits and, and gets up in there as, as and lets that, that lead block come around and kick out. Let's, let's watch one more here because I, st I still want to talk about um, a few other things and get – this has been a great interview, Coach. really appreciate it. Sure. Oh gosh, it's great. This might be one of his best runs ever. <laughs> I'm glad we I'm glad we got one more in here then. Yeah, you see the stiff arm and how he just this was back. a game changer. Um we were down in this game. We had we had taken the lead, come back. They jumped on us uh in the second quarter and and we were kind of pinned here and it was third and long, really long. And this sparked a comeback and we ended up losing the game, but it was a heck of a game. Um he shows you a little bit of everything here. Yeah, just that, you know, taking on the, the contact, uh, taking on the blocks. He's going to – he's physical when he needs to be um, and just strong. You know, this guy's a clean shot at him, and he just just pushes him to the ground with one stiff arm and then spins out. And then again, how he's got a little bit of green grass. We've got a receiver doing a good job trying to block and um, – and he takes on that contact too. You know, he's not running out of bounds there. He's lowering the shoulder. He's getting every single yard he can get. And another thing, again, we get from college coaches a lot is that's one of the things that a lot of high school backs don't do. They are, you know, right there would be very easy for him just to step out of bounds. And they're going to teach him to lower that shoulder and get the extra yards. And right here, bam. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a part of physicality there where you're sending a message to a D back too. Like you put that D back on the ground, he's going to feel that. Um, well, it's interesting you say that. So we were on this uh, sideline here, closest to where Dylan's running here. And when he layers, lowers the boom on that kid, uh, it really sparked the team. You know, it's right in front of everybody. We, it was, again, we were kind of down there. And then we took that and went down and scored and ended up, uh, you know, really having a great game the rest of the day. That's an awesome clip. That's one Badger fans have watched a lot. <laughs> um, I want to transition here a little bit into – 
I want to start with, we had a couple questions from people who listened to the show. The first one was, um, and you talked about his long speed a little bit. Um, so JB was asking, do, what is his 40 time? What are his workouts like? Um, if that, if you have that, or if you're willing to share that. It, uh, his 40 time is a four or five. Um, and uh, I, I think as you alluded to earlier, you know, he's deceptive. There's a lot of kids, not a lot, but a, you know, for, at the division one level, running backs are four or five probably. But he's a track guy. You know, he he plays football. He wrestles and runs track, and so um, he runs with great form. Uh, and so once he's in the open field, I think if you watch, if you had a track coach watch him, say he's running with really good form there. And I think that's part of why <clears throat> he's just get pulls away from people. Seems so fast. Um, workouts. You know, we have and we're we're very fortunate in our school. We have a full time strength staff. Uh, which is rather unusual at the high school level. Coach Skyler Saar um, is our head strength coach and does a phenomenal job. So they, uh, our workouts, our kids in the summer are working out four days a week, uh, two and a half hour workouts, uh, four days a week in the morning. Um, and so it's a combination of uh, speed and agility. Obviously, we're in the weight room. Um doing all the Olympic lifts. And then, uh, you know, there's two days where there's conditioning. So, the workouts are very, very similar to a typical college program. Uh, it mirrors many colleges. We have a lot of our players that come back that are playing in college, even in the NFL, and uh, we'll come back and jump in our workouts with our strength staff because it's, just, as they say, it's as good or better than we're getting at school sometimes, So, uh, depending on where they're at. So, yeah, the workouts, he's a workout warrior for sure. Uh, next question here. This was uh, for the coach, which is yourself. Did did you speak to Luke Fickle in this process or the Wisconsin staff? What, what was that like, the communication with the Wisconsin staff in terms of Dylan Jones? Yeah, well, we've known uh, Coach Fickle for a long time, um, uh, you know, as a, as a assistant coach first, then now as a head coach. Um, uh, Colin Hitchler is the area recruiter uh, for us, and I've known Coach Hitchler for a long time. So I spoke to him mostly. We did speak to Coach Fickle. Uh, Kevin McFadden, who helps – uh, is our main uh, recruiting coordinator on the other side uh, for college. Uh, you know, knows Luke very well as well, and so they had conversations. And um, yeah, so during the process, you know, Dylan was kind of a hard one, I think, to read for a lot of the college coaches. He had multiple offers, um, but because he's so busy um, with wrestling and track and, and schoolwork, he wasn't very responsive. He's not the most social guy in terms of. You know, some kids really, I think, kind of embrace the whole recruiting piece and other kids are Dylan's just a very focused guy. So he's focused on what he's doing at the time. If it's wrestling, he's focused on that <clears throat> and he's busy. So I would get college coaches ask me, hey, he's not responding. What's the deal? Is he not interested in our school? And I would follow up with Dylan. He's like, no, coach, I'm busy. You know, it's like and I would have to tell him. But, and Colin was really good about understanding that um, and kind of staying on it without being too pushy, I think. And um, I think that really had an impact on, on Dylan's decision, to be honest with you. Well, there's certainly a balance there, right? Like you can't be like to, to your point, be pushy. You have to, you have to understand the kid and every kid is different. Um, and yeah. And, and some kids are not responding because they are blowing you off. And I understand as a college coach, that's why they'll come to me. Hey, and I would do my due diligence and check. And, and, you know, most of the times, or certainly in Dylan's case, it was a, no, I'm just, 
you know, and if a kid says to me, hey, I'm not interested in that school, I would re relay that back to the coach. Like, hey, coach, here's, here's where I think he's at. Um, but uh, in that case, um, it was, you know, he's busy and he had he didn't take visits. You know, other we had a lot of highly recruited players in this 2024 class. So in the spring, a lot of the kids were taking multiple visits, not officials yet, but just visits to kind of get a feel. And we encouraged them to do that. Dylan didn't because he was busy with wrestling and or track. So, um, and so he was a little bit, uh, I guess, behind the eight ball in terms of the process. So when it came time for the official visits, that that was the first time he had been on a, another college campus. I think other than locally, he had been to the university of Maryland, of course, but uh, yeah. Uh, I want to just finish up on this and I've already taken a lot of your time, uh, but we talked a little off before the show about this coaching in 2023, you've, you've been coaching um, for a long time, you've been the head coach since 2017 and you've been an assistant for either longer than that. What is it like coaching kids now with, with NIL, with social media? Um, what are the unique challenges that you have to deal with? I think the, the biggest thing I'm <clears throat> finding and trying to adapt to is trying to um, get a point across to the kids that, they, I think there's a need for them to understand, you know, what they're going to get out of it, <laughs> um, which is a different way to coach than a lot of us, I think, are uh, used to. Um, but to sell them on, you know, hey, I, you need to do this for the team, but you're also going to get something out of it personally. An example would be, why does the wide receiver need to block for the running back? You know, it traditionally is because you need to help your teammate who's the running back get more yards, but now it's like, Hey, you know, the college coaches, they're going to be watching to see if you block. <laughs> so yeah, I need you to block for the running back, but I also need to block for you because that's going to be a, a knock against you on your film if you're not blocking. So trying to get them, I think, to understand why they need to do things personally and then wrap that around the team concepts. That's something that we're working on trying to get better at um, and find a little bit more creative ways to, get them to understand that. And still, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's football, it's team, and that that's never going to change. If you don't have that, it's going to be really, really hard to run a successful program or team uh, if you don't have a buy-in, you know, in the team aspect. Let me ask you that to follow up, the buy-in on team aspect. How difficult is that going to be when um, a starting left tackle may have an NIL deal and just throwing numbers out there for six figures, right? And the right guard may have nothing or the how, how difficult is it to get that team buy-in <clears throat> oh I, you know that is occurring at the collegiate level already and i've talked to several college coaches and it's a problem for them uh, and i think different schools are handling it you know in different ways um i'm not sure there's a set protocol of how it's being handled or what's the best way um but it's a problem because you have a guy maybe or a kid that comes in as a recruit with an NIL deal and you have a guy that's a starter with nothing and how's he feel, how's that uh, disrupt the locker room? Uh, and that's real, you know, that's real. And that's, that can, uh, you know, certainly divide a team or cause hard feelings amongst your team. Um, and as a coach, you really had nothing to do with that. Uh, in a lot of cases, maybe you know, if you were, you know, get, depending on how the NIL stuff works for us, um, it's just that, that beginning stage that does that create jealousy? Um, you know, you already had a jealousy factor of, Oh, why is this kid getting all these offers? 
I think I'm just as good and I don't have those, these offers. And now it's, oh, and on, on top of that, he's getting offered NIL deals and I'm not. So, yeah, we kind of cringe when we see what's happening on in the college locker rooms, knowing it trickles down and at our level in our conference with the uh, type of players all of our schools have, um, it's probably going to affect us first, you know, uh, at the high school level um, before it trickles down to the rest of the high school. So uh, we're kind of on the front lines of it at our level. And uh, it's a concern. We're just trying to kind of deal with it as, as it comes. And I spend a lot of time talking to college coaches, to try to get advice to ideas of, you know, what they're doing. And a lot of it's education and talking to the kids, I think, not being afraid to sit them down and talk to them about why it's important and what we're trying to do and keep the team goals in, on the front burner for them. Because um, ultimately, you know, everybody wants to win. And, and, and as we try to tell our kids, look, college is great, but you, you really need to enjoy high school because <laughs> you can't come back to this. It's every kid that we have that's gone on to the college level uh, or beyond comes back as like, you know, high school is the most fun. High school football is is even our NFL guys will tell us that. So, right. um, so we try to re remind our kids of that. Hey, enjoy this while you got it, because it's over, man. You're you can't come back. <laughs> that's a so. great mindset, um, coach. This has been awesome, and that's definitely something that we're going to continue watching evolve and unfold for the next several years. How NIL continues to change. Um, but thank you so so much, coach. I really do appreciate the time. Um, everybody tuning in. Uh, We'll have another show tomorrow for sure. And then, Coach, um, we'll continue to cheer along and follow what you guys are doing this entire season. That's great. I appreciate you having me, Ryan. Yep, of course. Thank you so much. Sure. Take care.